When our son Johnny was just a toddler and we were living in Italy, um, he loved to pull the books off the bookshelf, throw them to the ground, and it happened on a daily basis, if not more than once a day. I was frustrated. One day in exasperation, I looked at him and told him that if he did it again, he'd get a spanking. Now, if there are any kids listening to me right now, you may be too young to understand what a spanking is. You'll have to ask your parents. Now, my parents always told me that a spanking hurt them way more than it ever uh, hurt me. Johnny, I said, if you pull the books off that shelf one more time, you're going to get a spanking. With absolutely no fear, showing on his face, my son turns to me and says, well, I will just pray and my angel will protect me. Oh, to have faith like that, right? Now, my husband and I wanted our children to know that nothing could ever separate them from God's love. But protect them from a spanking? Well, Johnny definitely believed that God, or at least his angel, uh, would protect him. Our series for the next few weeks is entitled Faith Like a Child. And in Matthew 18, the disciples come to Jesus asking him, Master, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus takes a little child and places him or her in the middle of the group and responds to them with these three things. Number one, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And number two, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And number three, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Let's explore each of Jesus' statements as the child is standing in the center of the circle. As the future leaders of the early church are asking Jesus about greatness in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus searches out a child. Have you ever wondered what child he chose? Was it a girl? A boy? Were the parents nearby? Did the child even have parents? Was the child clean and well-dressed? Or a bit dirty, rumpled, and rough around the edges? Did the disciples know the child? Did the bystanders know the child? Was the child well-behaved? Or did other children run away when this child came near? Or did mothers pull their own children close when this child happened to come their way? Jesus chose not to point the disciples to one of the great patriarchs of their faith. He could have told them that they needed to become like Abraham, Moses, or David, maybe even like Ruth, Esther, or Deborah. Instead, Jesus chose a child. Now, in my imagination, the child is a boy. He looks dirty and unkempt. I don't think he's well known, so the disciples don't know a lot about him. The disciples don't know how he treats other children um, or how he acts. Jesus shows the disciples this child and says, 
unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Besides having been a child myself many, many, well, many years ago, and having raised children and having taught children, I know that they can be stubborn, selfish, messy, bossy, sassy. They can be temperamental know-it-alls. Well, and that's just what my mother said about me. But I also know that children can be happy, joyful, excited. They can be excited about small things. They're inquisitive, they're persistent, and they're forgiving. Children are also needy. They need someone to care for them, to feed them and clothe them, shelter them. They need someone to teach them and mentor them. Jesus said, unless you change. So what needed changing? Did Jesus put the child in their midst so that they would change their focus and their perspective? Did they, do we understand that it's not about us? Kingdom seekers are changing and they're growing like children. We haven't arrived. We're in a constant state of growing. Early Jewish sages recognized that the development from embryo to fetus, neonate, infant, toddler, school child, adolescent, and adult is a continual process, and it proceeds in an orderly sequence. Now, these stages were later formulated by modern child development theorists, but ancient Jewish literature contained statements about the developmental stages. A man's life, one stated, has three periods. The period when his body develops, the period when his thought develops, and the period when his deeds develop. Nicodemus secretly goes to Jesus at night. He's supposedly baffled at the need to be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. How can I, a grown man, be born again? Jesus tells him that the wind, that the Spirit of God will blow where it pleases to change. Change is necessary. Rebirth is necessary. Conversion is critical. Jesus had heard the disciples arguing about who would be greatest in the kingdom. We do like to weigh in on who we think the winners will be, don't we? Reality TV shows the Olympics, presidential races. When football season gets underway, we already start predicting who's going to the Super Bowl. Teams haven't even reached the playoffs yet, and we're already predicting winners. Instead of squabbling among themselves as to their worth and pecking order in the kingdom, it appears that Jesus was directing their attention to just entering the kingdom. Unless you change and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. After Jesus' conversation with a man of great wealth, he tells his disciples that it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Many believe the eye of the needle is referencing a gate in Jerusalem which opened after the main gate was closed at night. A camel could 
pass through the smaller gate, but only after all the baggage, all the things that were um, packed on it had been removed. Others believe that the eye of the needle is a literal needle and the eye of the needle, and there's no way a camel will ever pass through. Matthew 19 says that when the disciples heard Jesus's comment, they were astonished and asked, well, who then can be saved? Jesus calms them down and responds, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It was about three years ago that Time Magazine published an article about how kid sports have turned pro. And I've had many students through the years um, in my classroom who planned to play professional football, basketball, soccer, uh, baseball, you name it. And hoping uh, to encourage them to have a backup plan in the event that they didn't uh, make it to the big times, uh, to the pros, I shared some of the statistics uh, from the article. Did you know, I asked them, that out of 541,000 high school basketball players, only one in 1,800 will go on to play in the NBA? Or did you know that out of 1.1 million boys that play football in high school, only one in 603 will play in the NFL? Were they discouraged? Not at all. They didn't calculate that the odds were against them. What they heard was, hey, some make it, and it's going to be me. Jesus came to teach us that he can make the impossible possible. He can change us. Jesus implores the disciples to, step one, become like children, and step two, to take the lowly position of the child in order to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We're so engrossed in climbing the next step on the ladder of success, we can hardly wait to advance to the next grade level, academic degree, promotion at work, retirement. Maybe it's our first apartment, town home, home, a home with two cars, a home with two cars and a boat, a vacation home. Jesus draws attention back to the status of the child. Lowly beginnings. We have lowly beginnings. It is a heartwarming, familiar picture, isn't it? When Jesus takes a child in his arms, puts him in his lap, shows him love and taking time when others uh, thought he shouldn't be bothered by children. Children, after all, were seen as physically weak and burdens on society, and they added little value to the community. Jesus always found time for children. By his actions, he demonstrated that children have value and should not be seen as burdens. If we're like children, we can show by our actions, too, that everyone has value and are not a burden. Can we agree that our children are the hope 
for the future of our societies, of our families, of our church? How about our neighbor, our fellow kingdom seekers? Can we say that they are also the hope for society, for the future, for our church? Children are a heritage from the Lord, Psalms 127 reminds us. They're our best, God's best gift to us. Children do have a spirit of humility. Yes, there are times, I know, when children argue, and they'll have an I'm better than you attitude towards siblings, towards their peers. But a child is simple dependent, helpless, genuine. A child trusts his parents to provide and believes what they're told. Children submit to authority, and if they do something wrong, they want to be reconciled. A relationship with God requires belief and requires trust, submission, and reconciliation. Consider Zacchaeus. It must have been difficult for him to take that first step towards humbling himself to seek a glimpse of the Messiah. How long had he been watching from a distance before he climbed that tree? Had he witnessed a change in Matthew, a tax-collecting comrade? And despite gasps from the crowd, Jesus welcomes him into his circle. Zacchaeus starts making restitution for his injustices. As Zacchaeus humbles himself before the Lord, before the community, Jesus lifts him up. Jessica Dooley, a woman that many of you know and a woman that I greatly admire, wrote in the latest issue of Mountain Views, our world may not have a say in the new normal that the coronavirus is implementing all around us, but we all get the opportunity to uproot normal injustices and replace them with equality, kindness, and selflessness. At the end of the day, every day, we play a part in what normal is and what it is shaping up to be. In order for us to do that, though, we need to step off of our pedestal and take that lowly position. Jesus finally reminds kingdom seekers that by welcoming a child in his name is the same as welcoming himself. Earlier, Jesus had told his disciples that the Son of Man was going to be delivered into the hands of men. In sending out his disciples to proclaim the kingdom of God, Jesus knew that they too would be delivered into the hands of men. They would never know ahead of time how they would be welcomed. Unfortunately, we treat our fellow human beings that are defenseless in whatever way we wish to treat them. The defenseless, like children, 
are at the mercy of those who have power over them. And as Jesus has this child in the middle of these future church leaders, he encourages them to accept and welcome them. Will they be unpredictable? Yes. Are we unpredictable? <laughs> Absolutely. Do those who find themselves in the center of my circle, in your circle, in our circles, find welcome? Do they feel protected? Our son Johnny never did get a spanking for pulling the books off the shelf. Um, how could I, um, knowing that I was up against uh, the angels of heaven? I am sure that there were other spankings that he did receive as he was growing up. It was over 25 years ago and we had moved from Italy to Germany. Johnny and a schoolmate were on our back patio playing and talking. I overheard these two first grade boys talking about how much they were growing and would continue to grow. When Johnny told his friend, my mom doesn't grow anymore. She's too old. I hope that's not true. I hope I'm still growing and changing and learning. I hope that's true for you too. With childlike trust, we can throw off those things that weigh us down so that we can receive that salvation that God freely offers. We can humble ourselves we can be welcoming. 1 John 3 tells us that the Father loved us so much that he called us children of God. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's not me. It's not you. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. For who the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. So let's become like children. Let's celebrate change. Let's seek humility. Let's welcome everyone. Let's focus on the one who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let's make Jesus all. Mm -hmm.